0: Welcome to Drunk On Comics Podcast, episode 327. As some of you longtime listeners might have noticed, last week we didn't have an episode. Uh, We're kind of on a small two-week hiatus uh, doing fun summer stuff. Linz has taken a long vacation. I had uh, a wedding of my best friend, as well as some camping and music festivals, and we just didn't get together to record. However, in this week's episode, this is something I've been holding over since uh, C4. It's an interview with uh, Travis McIntyre and learning a little bit behind the man that helps get shit done at SourcePoint Press. Uh, We had a blast uh, at that convention, as with all the other interviews that I did from there. And I knew I was saving this because there wasn't anything pertinent to times of When I would post this, so I knew I would use this as a filler episode when I needed it. Uh, We, like I said, talked a lot about Source Point Press, uh, how you can get into the industry, um, how Travis started, uh, some of his role models, as well as talking about him managing Sex Lump. Definitely check out that band. They are great. But with all things fun, uh, of course, what we do while recording at conventions there obviously is background noise but that's just the ambiance of the convention so with that grab a cold one and enjoy drunk on comics podcast episode 327 an interview with travis mcintyre
1: No. Do you want to sit? Do you out. want to stay on my lap? It'd be nice. No, I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah, these are comfy chairs. I told you. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I was just thinking out by the pool. How is it hot outside?
0: It is. Yeah. Balls hot. Very warm. Like we'd, we should go be get sweating. our suits, get in the pool, and we just record in the pool. Record in. The pool. Totally do that with the electronics here. I mean, well, be
1: safe. I mean, we set the electronics off to the side. I mean, chances uh, are fine. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, probably fine. But knowing my luck, uh it'd probably just fall right into the water. Even if it was in a plastic bag.
1: Yeah, like I didn't road. even think about a plastic bag. Yeah,
0: it's seal off the microphone just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> have no, no <laughs> Totally <laughs> <way>. <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh that that noise in the background is not uh annoying. Anyway, yeah, I know that's yeah, true. And it is a fun con.
1: This is one of the most fun cons, yeah. Well, uh, you go to
0: a lot. How many? How many you go a year? Way too many. Too well, maybe many I should many. introduce you, Travis McIntyre, man who doesn't need doesn't need an introduction. So,
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe I should introduce you. <laughs> this man requires no introduction. Wow. You are a true radio personality. <laughs> you are, I am a personality. You
0: are good at your job. I'm good at something, at
1: least. Uh, I don't say this like, let's see. Um, last year I did 42. The company did 60 and change. Uh, this year we'll do 60 and change again. I will probably end up in the low 30s as I'm cutting back quite a bit. Um, one, my children are getting a little bit older. Um, two, uh, you know, my wife wants to, I want her to want to murder me a little bit less. Unusual. so I'm gonna this year I'm gonna try to get it into the 20s you know low 30s 20s next year I'd like to get it into the into the low 20s That though, for me said, personally said, but I've hired more people right so yeah that can go
0: do this yeah. but 42 that,
1: that's stupid right that's a cra- I mean more than by, half a year by November by November I was just like uh, I, I literally got to the point where I was not having fun doing it at all you're just like so burned out on this like,
0: well, that's way more than like no, Dirk, who is a Brags about it all the time. Well, he goes, but I wouldn't say he even does that. I think no, you got certainly. the top.
1: Oh yeah, easily, For... easily, easily. I mean, he wouldn't never. But you know, you know me, I just, I just get out there and grind. Yeah, you were the hardest I'm worker at about it. You know, not... yeah, yeah, hardest one <laughs> of all of them. <laughs> no. I was
0: gonna say, yeah, the booth no, is no, just no. dying as, right now. As much being there. as,
1: as much. Honestly, I think they like it better when I'm not. Here. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, yeah, I do a ton, but so everybody on the team does a ton. I well, mean, Casey yeah. does thirty-five a year. Dave does thirty-five. a year. I mean, we everybody everybody does. Well, it is half crazy how weekends. you've grown.
0: As you said, you have other workers. I mean, they're a lot of them are people that have books and everything, and part yep. of the SourcePoint Press family. Yep. But how many go on a, a like a single weekend? Like, how many different booths? Have you had the most at one point? Like, how many banners and and stuff?
1: I mean, how many different um teams? Shows in one, yeah, teams, yeah. Oh, yeah, three. Yeah, three. three. Uh, and we do that a lot. We're at two this weekend. Three counting the one that, three counting that Stan is in one on the East Coast. But yeah. he's just by himself. Okay. But he does have, you know, our collection of our books. Um, but three is pretty common. It's pretty common. We'll have a West Coast, an East Coast, and a Midwest show all going so, that's
0: crazy. When did you
1: so say like the hardest one recently in terms of like logistically and making everything happen was um, New Jersey, Dallas Fan Expo, which is huge and C2E2, which are huge. We're all the same weekend and we were all three of those. So, you know, you have just like logistically, you've got like, okay, so I have a team of people that are going to be driving. A long way, and they have to have a trailer, and they have to have all the setup, you know. Because uh, at New Jersey, we do a big 400 square foot big thing, you know. Um, so they got to have all that, and everything's got to be set and ready to go. And then um, Dallas is a really big show, but we have a smaller setup. We do 100 square feet, but I've got to fly people there, and I have to ship all the stuff. So, and then C2E2 obviously is a big important show, so you just have all these different like logistical problems leading up to it. Um, but we've gotten pretty good at it, you know. Now it's like, we'll have, uh, have you met Freddy? Did you meet Freddy at C2E2? Because he flew, flew out to C2E2. It works for me. No, I haven't. I didn't. So he's from San Diego. He, he's, he's running a West Coast group, and they're hitting shows, you know. And then we've got the mid all the Midwest people, and then now we've got with Bob and Ben and the Stan, all those. Now we have kind of an East Coast contingent. And now that we've kind of have it where everybody has stuff, it's getting a lot easier now do they because I mean
0: driving down to some of these places that's an extra day off of having to get down and set up do you have it where it's planned then that there's another con on the way back to like home base to where then they can hit up the next weekend or is it just where there's one at that's where they gotta go no
1: yeah I mean it would be maybe someday we would get to that point where we're like literally doing a tour um, but the only way that makes sense would be to combine the gaming and the comic stuff, right? Because gaming conventions often run all week. Oh, yeah. Right? Or book conventions often run all week. So if you could get to the point where you were running a gaming convention up through then a comic convention, you could probably make something like that. So, like, we'll do... or Like, you know, I have Deepwater Games. So we'll do Origins and Gen Con and, you know, PAX Unplugged and um, all of the, the standard gaming conventions we'll do.
0: Now, at what point did source point blow up this big blow up uh, I'm still like waiting, last... waiting on that
1: happening that
0: should be in time Well, you're um, already, like, as you said you're doing all these damn shows now there had have been a time I mean there's always slow growth but it seems like you guys also have had like yeah, so, in I the mean, last year you can kind of
1: pinpoint down to about
0: six years ago when Drunk on Comics first started talking yeah, to us was,
1: it was definitely it was, it was Drunk on Comics turned the corner for us no, honestly, it was probably about the first couple of years. You know, we were we wanted to do a thing. We were aggressive. You know, we're like, we're gonna make this stuff. We believe in this stuff. But we we got our asses kicked. You know, like you just lose money. You're trying to sell four dollar items at a thing that cost you hundreds of dollars to do, plus hotel and food and everything else. Um, but I just accepted. Like, look, yeah, I'm gonna eat shit for however long it takes, and we're gonna turn this around. And honestly. Greg Wright and the Monster series were probably the were probably the first turning turning point, right? So when that book came out in oh, was it, when did it first show up? Because um, we haven't even rele- like it'll get released through Diamond eventually, but you know we just released it ourselves at shows. Uh, Mid 2016 is when it first started to become available, and all of a sudden that book was. Like selling it, like crazy. I mean, it sold eight thousand copies. You know, I mean, it's which for an indie book is yeah, it's a big number. For and this is this this book is not seeing previews. This is this is a hundred percent like buy this book from you know it, it is, and so essentially we started to actually make a little bit of money, um, and then once we started to turn a profit at the shows, uh, we. We took every single bit that we were making, and we dumped it right back in. Like, okay, let's make more books. Let's get more stuff out. You know, let's do the Nora Casey's book. Let's do Dave's book. Rot, you know. And then all of a sudden, now we've got three series that are all turning to an actual profit. You know, with creators who are engaged and are selling and are doing the work. Um, and then, and then one thing just led to another, and we were just able to continually reinvest and put out more books. And so. Eventually, we started to look less like a couple of dudes who were running their own self-publishing thing with like maybe a few of their friends, and the next thing you know, you're like, "Yeah, you know, no, we're a legit publisher. I have sixty titles out, you know." And we never paid much attention to Diamond, and uh, until they started paying attention to us, and so now now we've got that going, and it, it's going pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels like. It's hard for me to see because I'm, I'm on the inside of it, and I'm, we're just still grinding all the time, you know?
0: Well, from being on the outside of it, being friends with you guys too, I know many of your titles, but looking at your table now, I'm like, when the hell did this come out? What is this? I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear this one. You have a lot more. Yeah, stuff's
1: coming out. Where's that coming from? Stuff's coming out all the time. You know, when, when we made the deal with Comics Experience, you know, with, uh, with Andy Schmidt and uh, his group, you know, we just immediately got this pipeline of amazing shit. Amazingly good comics that are not getting seen otherwise. You know? And so we got this great stuff and now we're putting out. People are responding. So it's. At some point, we started off as guys who wanted to make comics and do stuff with our friends and it, and it just turned into. You know, it's now your company, your real company.
0: Sticking to the I don't know co- when
1: exactly, but at some
0: point. Some point in there. Yeah. With the convention and everything, logistics, is that. Do you do all that, or do you have an assistant that helps you, or is it just the people doing the shows, they figure it out and expense it? Like
1: No, no, I do everything with that. Um, I use a, a calendar system called Team Up, that everybody in the Taurus Point crew has access to, and I will have all the events we do, and what the dates are, and where the city is, and who is assigned to those particular shows. and. Um, you know, and then I handle all the hotel booking and everything else. And I will each one of those shows will have like one person who's like that, the contact person for that. And so then that person will get, you know, like, all right, here's your hotel information. Here's this, here's that. Here's your plane tickets, whatever it is going to be, you know, and then off they go. Um, so usually, you know, it's me or Josh is running the show or my brother often is running the show. Um, you know, Josh and Gary Sobeck help out a lot now. Um, you know, and then we have all the creators and the talent. Uh, we'll probably pull in a couple more people um, over the next couple of years, just to help handle um, some of that. As as I transition away from the day to day of logistics in the company, because um, we've got some things we've got some things planned. I'm going to do some different types of different stuff with the company. I was gonna say, it sounds like though this is a full time job, yet
0: you have a full time job. Uh, yeah, I do. When, when do
1: you? Having the full time job is what allows me to do a stupid thing like, <laughs> like this. Like, no, I, don't, I don't plan on quitting either one. I, I enjoy my regular, I enjoy my day job a lot. And honestly, it's so, I mean, you know what I do. It's so yeah. different from this. Yeah. That it, it's almost like just, it's like almost relaxing to go in the lab by myself and people move you my, know, put some headphones in and just do some work, you know? Use a totally different part of my brain. And, and it's not bad, you know? My job is based on deliverables and I, <clears throat> and I get, you know, I pretty much make my own schedule, so it works. You know, I'm able to balance everything so far. But yeah. it is getting more and more, but instead of me being like, well, I'm gonna do less of this and less of that, I'm more like, okay, I need to start bringing in help do this and then I want to focus on the things that I really am most interested in.
0: I'm, I'm, I say I'm surprised but I'm not surprised that you guys have grown to the point where you're flying people out places that's more relatively new with having farther reach in places
1: yeah I mean well it just comes down to you know so like right now we're in Houston at Um you know yeah, yeah. We, we flew four people out from that that isn't a significant expense on the other hand the show gave us the space and is sponsoring us in other ways so it kind of almost balances itself out right Um, same thing with like LA Comic Con you know um, yeah it's, it's really expensive for us to get out there and do it but you know they give us the they're giving us the floor space to make this happen so it's almost like okay Plus, those shows are. I mean, this is this is an awesome show, and this is a fun show, and there's there's a ton of great people here, who buy and we do well, but this isn't Calabasas in Houston, you know what I mean? Like that's a sixty-five, seventy thousand. That's a monster. Yeah, well, so we're doing real well there. As Seth was saying here, you know, this
0: this show is vacation for him. He doesn't care. I feel this very similar.
1: As you saw on Friday, I was vacationing (laughs) really really hard. hard vacationing real hard. That's what
0: I'm glad to see you're still alive. Oh my god.
1: But but too old for that shit.
0: This is a show that people are here trying to hustle and bustle make money. Like I mean you, you wanna to make money but it's I wanna cover for this show. Point. I
1: wanna have fun and I wanna cover my costs. You know, my wife comes with me to the show. We get to hang out. I get to spend a little bit of time sitting around a pool, bullshitting with other comics people. It's it's one of the most together shows. You know in terms of like we all are together a lot we all sort of wander around the same place um i mean you compare that to c2e2 you compare that to new york where it's like show ends and everybody's staying at all these different places all over the place and you know and you're tired and and everything else so i really like the show but this is a show where you're like yeah you know we'll cover our expenses great and we'll make a little bit of extra great but this isn't like you're, you're not gonna i'm not gonna walk out of here like oh look at my pockets can't keep my pants up it's okay <laughs> but like houston yeah houston will do that so i might not fly people into a trevor city but i'll fly people to houston <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is the secret show that you have a select few <laughs> that
0: you allow to come <laughs> with you <but.
1: laughs> motherfuckers can drive to trevor city yeah.
0: <laughs> well just wait till some of the people start hearing though how how relaxing how good this show is and they're going to be signing up on your. Your sign-up system, like, oh yeah, I can do that weekend. I oh can yeah, do people are. The, the yeah. number
1: one one, the one where I have to break hearts, is New York. That's that's the biggest one because that show is, is, yeah, that's just huge. So, but I we you know we have there's a few things with New York. Like one, it is a massive cash expenditure. You know, it is not cheap for us to go there and do what we do and do the whole thing. You know, and we're, we're, we're main floor, 200 square feet, big, big nice spot, and all this. So we really um, we're very limited with the number of people we can bring, and essentially every single person we have wants to go. So, now that's probably the most popular one, um, followed by any any of the other majors that we do. Cause, you know, I mean, we do we do every pretty much every major convention except for san Diego. okay and san diego we have we send representatives you know people with throw passes and handouts and stuff but the san diego is an interesting beast because it's it's like nec- it's next level expenditure like we would have to be the size to where i can essentially write off of massive losses advertising and we're not really that We're not quite big enough to take a
0: hit. Where do you see your projections to be that big? I mean, as we've already said, your growth has been shooting up there. Well, we've
1: got some stuff going on. We've got a few projects in the works with some... uh, You know, I'm really careful because I want to always do things with new voices, new creators, which is why why I'm interested in comic experience and why I'm interested in all these things. But at the same time, we are getting to the point where we're getting a lot more attention from some of the heavy hitters in the industry who are like, I love what you guys are doing. I want to do some of it, too. So we have some cool stuff, like buried in deep in the pipeline for 2019. Um, so uh, do, you know, do you know Paul Burke? Did you ever I, meet him? No, I haven't. He was uh, my, he was, he was uh, Gary Reed's partner on the Dead World Soda when they were doing that. Okay, I think I have then met him. You've probably met him. Yeah. Um, He's, uh, he's, um, he's sort of like an unofficial business advisor, I suppose. <laughs> and so, you know, we've been talking about doing some, some pretty cool stuff and he's very connected in the industry. He was, you know, uh, one of the founders of McFarland Toys with Todd, you know, he's very connected. He's got tons of ideas and, and when I mean connected, I don't mean like, oh, he knows like a bunch of big names in the industry. I mean, like. He knows uh, you know like the guys who run apex manufacturing in China you know stuff like that like where can we get some tooling done if we wanted to do action figures you know he's, he's industry connected so we've been talking about doing some pretty cool things with some with some needle moving things so we've already started to talk to um, San Diego and you know the city of San Diego about doing... About doing something there next year, and you know, we've talked about a bunch of stuff. We've talked about renting a bar, and, and, you know, and doing like an after event and this and that kind of thing. So. Oh wow,
0: that I mean, I've gone to some of those after parties, and it's yeah, it's fun. And I usually just see you guys there. Like, why wouldn't you guys slap your name on it and make it yours? Yeah, exactly. own it. Yeah, exactly.
1: So yeah, I mean, 2019 would, is our goal right now. Um, on the other hand, you know, to be honest with you, for something like that to work. Um, Like 20 things before that all have to bend the right way, you know, if any one of those things doesn't quite You know because you're in these negotiating contracts with creators and with manufacturers and this and that and you know We've been talking to co-sponsors like who can we get to co-sponsor to make this happen because like you want to throw an after-party At at San Diego and downtown run a bar like you better show up with 50 60 grand like that's what they're looking to get right so you can't just be like, yeah, we'll put $8,000 <laughs> I mean, Yeah, like yeah 50,
0: 60
1: grand, that's what they want. So you know, we're taught, we've been talking to some co-sponsors of people who might want to get into it. Um, but, so basically, if every single thing kind of pans out right, 2019 we might do a big thing in the same day. If any one of those things sort of gets sideways, then it could not work out. I don't think it would not work out forever. It would just be something that... Postponed. Yeah, it would just take longer to, longer to set up.
0: Now, for people... Which is...
1: And doing this type of thing is why I'm looking into bringing in more people so that I have time. Because I want to do... Th- that's the stuff I want to do. I want to get someone else handling logistics of the conventions and all of that. So Ooh. that I can I can start worrying about, like, all right, what are we doing next? What's the next big thing?
0: Who are the other big movers and shakers behind the scenes within SourcePoint?
1: Uh, Josh is, is the biggest, for sure. Um, you know, he does... He does all of our pre-press, all the printing pre-flights, all of the art design, everything. Um, So, Rich Bloom uh, works for us now. Uh, You remember Rich? Yeah. You met him. He's done a lot of work uh, with Image and Cowl and Hadrian's Ball and all that. So, he does um, a lot of our logo design, helps Josh. He does, you know, pre-press stuff, all of that. Uh, David Hayes is managing editor now. So, he's... Um, you know, we've got that pros line that we just started last year. We've got it up to about six books now. By the end of this year, we'd like to have 12. Um, it's a hard slog. Uh, we've been losing money on it, but, you know, my expectation is that it's going to take two or three years just to get into that market. You know what I mean? We do have Ingram, so we do have a, uh, we do have Ingram, so we do have the ability to distribute and distribute to the, the major chains and everything else. But, you know, those chains are all kind of struggling right now. And for us, you know, we've got six titles. It's so difficult for to get a buyer paying attention. So we do okay with them at shows and at book shows, but in distribution, we're still struggling. We're still trying to build that. So Dave is kind of handling that. Um, I've got a submissions editor now, Josh Sobeck, he sort of like looks every he, he looks at everything and then sends me the stuff that like he thinks I might be interested in um, I've got Bob Sally you know Bob yep he's doing some editing now you know he wanted to he wanted to try to get into the more uh, um, more the business side of the industry a little bit so I've got him I've got him kind of project managing a little bit I uh, just hired uh, Heather Antos is editing one of our uh, four-issue mini-series for 2019. Um, Man, was I was
0: going to say, you got a lot more people, underlings, underlings than I th-
1: I don't know if they'd like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know they would. But. No, these are people that make it possible for this thing to happen at all, believe me. Like, what would,
0: uh, as you're saying too, looking at new properties, new creators getting in, how would someone listening and be like you know I got an idea whether it's story whether it's art
1: number one easiest thing um, is we, we don't really take much in the way of digital submissions anymore as right, we're just getting inundated and there just wasn't time you know Josh doesn't work full time for me puts in like 10 hours a week you know? like we don't we don't have time for what it was coming in and the vast majority of what was coming in was not, not either didn't fit us or was just not ready you know um, so, two ways. One is cons- look up the comic experience stuff and consider going through the program. Uh, the thing we love about that is when we get a book from them, this is stuff that's been edited. Andy Schmidt worked for Marvel as a senior editor for 10 years. You know, he edited Annihilation. He edited Civil War. Like, this guy knows what he's doing. And he's bringing in people that are, I mean, he's got Kelly, Duke, Kelly Sue DeConnick comes and teaches at comic wow. experience. Like, Kieran Gillen teaches a comic experience. You know, like, yes, it's going to cost you a little bit of money, but it's going to cost you a tiny percentage based on what it would cost you to pay and make your own book that then fails, right? Uh, Really consider it because these guys, like, what we get from them are stuff that's... I mean, he'll send me 12 projects and be like, okay, well, which ones of these do you want to do? I want to do all of them. They're they're all really good. But we have to winnow it down to six because that's what our schedule will take. So it's hard, you know? It's 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 hard, but, but they have gotten so good at you know you're a new creator you come in you go through this program and they they help you put a thing together and by the time that thing is done it is it's been basically professionally vetted by some of the best some of the best in the business so that's one way the other way is come to a convention where me or one of the editors is and hand us your stuff that is for me. And I understand that like a lot of publishers don't do this anymore and it's become a thing and I, I can kind of see why but for me when I was starting off that's what you did you know is you you, you took the, the initiative and you made a thing here it is or here's my portfolio or whatever and you found an editor and gave it, to me. it is very difficult to do that now because it's hard for there to be an editor there at all but we do a ton of stuff and there's almost always at least an editor there who can give you feedback so that's the other, other best way to do it. You know? and, and also, not for nothing, but as you know, we are just as choosy about the creators we work with as the, the creation itself. Right, like I want creators who are going to grind, who are ready for the fight, because this is not an easy business. It is hard. Was not
0: all the people that you have working on your books, seeing them at the conventions, like all the time? Man, they grind. They have the same personality of yeah, just They're
1: selling, gonna, selling, selling, and yeah, talk to people, get it out, make it happen. You you have to. You can't.
0: And what's funny too, going to conventions, everyone's doing that. All their booths, some more than others. You guys have a perfect. Uh, dichotomy of, well
1: we've been doing it we've got we've gotten real good at it
0: yeah you know? but it's also great at the after parties seeing like that's not everyone's like typical personality like no. they, they can turn it on at at the booth yep. and then outside of the booth it's they they are exactly. who they
1: are and exactly but we want we want people who are driven like that you know so to me I look at it like if you're driven enough, to put a little thing, even if it sucks, even if it's like, oh, I made this at Kinko's, I don't care. You took the time to make a thing. You spent a few bucks, you made a thing, you came to a show, you hunted me down. Like, that says something. That gives me an idea that you are hungry, you know, and that you're somebody that is going to show up and do it, right? Like, I don't, I don't, there is no shortage of armchair creators, right? Who want to... Like yeah, I put my thing out and the publisher takes it and they're just I can't wait for my check to show up, you know. Like that's not the business we run. You know, we're we're almost more like a, a collective of like everybody gets in there and and does the work. Well, what, you know, we don't have a marketing budget, and yet we have a pretty huge like social media footprint at this point, and we can get a lot of attention on things, but we don't spend a dime on it. We have no marketing budget.
0: Well, you guys are the marketers. We are, or, the, or, or the, are like the marketers, or you, the like me, to exactly free promotion. Exactly. Yeah, You're smart. Yeah. Well, that's the only reason why. The only reason business. I even talked to you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. That's I can appreciate it. Um, so let's say that we have um, someone that wants to get into the business, and they submitted it to you, and you go, "Holy shit, this is pretty awesome." So, when you get a chance to see someone's work and it's good, what's the next step? What's the process? Like, give me a generality. Like, then you're like, here's a contract or. No, then
1: I start asking questions. Um, first thing is uh, we'll get back to somebody and we'll be like, look, we're, we're interested in what you have. I want you to describe this project to me from beginning to end. Uh, beyond what you would put in a pitch package. And when I say describe the project, I don't mean the plot or the characters or any of the shit. I mean, like, what's the product look like? Ideally, to you, how does this look? Is this a combination of a Kickstarter thing? Is this a six-issue thing that we do this, and then we do a hardcover collect? Like, how does this look? What are all the different income streams that you see we could make out of this? Uh, but I do it for a few reasons. and Because it's not as if I'm not capable of thinking of this stuff. It's I want to see if the creator thinks of this stuff. Because we need that person to also be willing and ready to market themselves right um i mean i mean look at casey casey's a perfect example you know like casey's so good at that we've we've almost we've almost built like an industry around (laughs) not just her title but her like casey pierce is a brand you know and i want I want to see the creator, if they're able to think about their own work in that way. You know, so I'll ask that question. The other thing we do is we'll start doing a, um, kind of an autopsy on what their social media footprint looks like, you know. Um, and again, I don't care how many followers you have or how many friends. I don't give a shit about that at all. What I care about is, are do you interact with people? Like, are you do you talk about the fact that you want to be in comics? Do you talk about the fact that you're doing this or you're joining the groups of people? I mean, do you support other indie stuff? Do you pay any attention to it? Because, it also comes down to a goal, right? Like, if you, if I were, if I go look at your, your Instagram or whatever and it's all like Marvel this and Marvel that and Marvel this and then you're like submitting your indie comic to me, I immediately am like, okay, so what you really want to do though is not this. Like, Your passion
0: somewhere else. Your passion somewhere
1: else. Where you really want to do is you want to get to be where you're hired to write Spider-Man, which is not what I do, right? That isn't, we don't have Spider-Man. That's not what we got. Um, And there are ways to get to that position. Maybe one of the steps to get to that position is get a book published by SourcePoint Press, and then you move on. Maybe, right? And I don't mind at all being a stepping stone. I hope we can be a stepping stone. I mean, ask any of the guys that. Oh, I've talked to Dave. I encourage people and try to help them. Like, we did a book for you. It did really good. I hope you can get uh, and talk to somebody at Dark Horse or wherever else, you know? I I look at that as, that's great for me, you know? If people in the industry look and they're like, oh, well, we did this book with them, and the next thing is they had this thing with Dark Horse, and then I hope that happens. I don't mind being a stepping stone, but I want to see that you are capable of, you know, because if, if you're only into this stuff, then why would I think that you're capable of, you know, making, getting your stuff sold, and you know, yep. getting, getting, getting yourself looked at, and, and moving that book, and making people pay attention to it. Well, Let's go, let's go back
0: to the beginning, and your beginning with this industry. I wanna, and
1: I want to make sure you're not one of these diverse in comics fucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did you get into the business then? Who, who was the person that, that opened that door for you To oh, man. be where um, you are now
1: So Two Three things happened um, One I had a kid And that made me For some reason it really For me it like Really sort of Solidified what it meant to be Busy Because I always used to be like, oh, I'm so busy all the time. I can never get anything done. I wish I could write more and do this and do that. But I've got this job and I'm so busy. And then I had a kid and I realized, like, I have never been fucking busy in my life until now. This is what busy (laughs) is. Um, And then it was like, if I want to do something, if I want to get into this and do this thing that I've been talking about for 10 years, I need to do it. And I need to stop being like playing fucking video games or whatever else. Like, look at your life and be like, okay, like, I just started cutting stuff out, you know, because having that kid, everything got so regimented. Like, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. Priority one is kid fed and happy, right? Everything else, priority two or less, is a long way down from that. So that means that a whole bunch of this other stuff became very unimportant, right? Like playing World of Warcraft, all the other things, just gone. And doing, then your, doing your band stuff. Yeah. you know anything Shaving. I, yeah, shaving. Taking showers. <laughs> You know uh, and but so then what what ultimately ended up happening in this like weird backwards way is I was able to actually discover that I had a lot more time in the day that I could be using to do something more productive so that happened. so I started writing and trying to get a comic made and you know and paying an artist and all this stuff and then um, and then I met uh, well I suppose I suppose I also I I I was, you know, I started off emailing editors and things like that, like people do, and, and the vast majority of it got ignored. And then one time, uh, a a guy from Dark Horse, I don't know if they just woke up on the right side of the bed that day, uh, but actually responded to me and gave me a little bit of feedback. Um, you know, and it was like basically, you know, your work this isn't publishable, but here's some of the good things you did, and here's some of the things you need to do better. And it was like two paragraphs. This wasn't like a major thing. But my takeaway from that was, hey, somebody from Dark Horse responded yeah. to me, and two, some of this was good, right? So, so I, I, you know, that was kind of the thing. And then I met Josh Warner um, because I saw that a local guy was doing a signing at uh, Green Brain Comics in Dearborn. So I drove my ass down there, you know, to meet him because we've been talking on Twitter, and um you know i gave him a you know my homemade copy of my little comic that i had been working on and we talked for an hour or so and then then and we just sort of like immediately became friends and you know he'd been doing real work you know he'd done the hasbro and you know done the contract work through marvel and all everything right so then i started to get like a real insider's look at some of this stuff um and then very quickly realized like all the ways in which the stuff I was good at, which is, you know, being highly analytical and things I could put into this and and help. So Josh and I started to work together. And then the next major thing that happened is about five years ago, six years ago, maybe, um, I became friends with Gary Reed, right? And so I had started this thing called Michigan Commons Collective, uh, which was just like an all Michigan thing. We did an anthology. um, And then we did another one. And we might do another one still, it still exists. And I met Gary Reed through doing that and asking him to help me out and of course Gary at the time was running Caliber Comics and he just like I mean for three years I I had a weekly phone call of him like sort of just coaching me you know and this is a guy who was a publisher for 30 years maybe maybe longer, you know Um, and so he just uh, I you know he was around when I was talking about like look we we, like Josh and Trico started this thing called SourcePoint. it it isn't a real company it's just like a banner they're using, and they're, we're talking about having me come into it and then put a little money behind it and make it real and try to do this, you know. And, and he basically laid it out. For, I mean, Gary was a curmudgeon, right? So he'd be like, well, yeah, if you, if you don't need that money, then do that because you ain't going to see it. You know? <laughs> and he was right. Yeah, gone. You know? <laughs> um, but so those are probably the three major turning points was uh, having a kid, meeting Josh Werner, and, and, and meeting Gary Reed. And then to, to me, like being like, okay, let's do source point. Let's try Let's take it seriously. And let's really try to see if there's room in the market for the kind of publishing that we're doing, right. Which is a little bit different from what everyone else does mainly in how we handle royalties in that we take, you know, I'm going to print this many copies of your book, no matter what, right. I'm not going to wait for an order to come in or anything like that. Like we're going to talk and we're going to be like, I think we can move 2000, whatever then I'm going to take all of our costs of print and distribution, I'm going to amortize it across every single issue, and I'm going to pay you from issue one that sells, all right? So there's no like, oh, Tony, let's pretend for a moment you have some talent. Okay. <laughs> Tony Tony has to wait until he sold 500 units for me to get my money back before he gets paid. No, we're invested with you through the very end, through the very end of that print run, you know? So you're going to start getting a cut after one issue, 10 issues, 15, whatever, um, so it's much more equitable in my mind it's much more equitable and it also incentivizes the creators to be like no I want to take an active hand in moving this book because as soon as it's selling I'm, I'm getting paid you know like we're not we're not taking stuff and being like yeah yeah you'll get paid as soon as we make 100% of what we spent back no we're invested with you all the way which again is why we it's not just the creation right and I've said this to people many times right? good art and good stories are not enough Know, I can find them easily they're easy to find good art good stories great creator who's invested and ready to do the work very hard to find it, right and the way I look at it is like I look at it the same way I've dealt with real estate or any other thing that I've put money into is you know I, tr- I want to get to know who is this person and do I think that they're gonna do I think that they understand the grind that they're getting themselves into
0: one of the funny things uh, about Seth uh, he, the moose? Yeah. He yeah. used to not like interviews at all. He used to be like, no, and no, oh, I can't do that, or I'm busy, or... Yeah, it's not... He's now come around where I'm like, interview goes, yeah, maybe later. So, like, like wait, you? It's not even going to be like a pretend, like, no. He's now realized you got to do that.
1: Well, yeah, Seth is... Um, Seth is a guy who's definitely getting a lot better at marketing himself, and you can... Really tell because his career has really started to take off in last year, um, but before even before that, you know, when I for I mean, he's a grinder. You know, he's a grinder. He's like a head down. I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna get it done. I'm gonna turn it in on time, and I'm gonna be at the shows every time, drawn and talking to people, and you know, and building my building who I am. You know, and that's and that's what we want. That's who we're looking for, basically. And since we're talking about like, yeah, we're gonna invest in you and go. You know, stay in, we're going to be right there, invested with you. It does become just as much about the creator as it is the creation.
0: Now, another thing. Well, putting Seth along with you and some other great people <coughs> up here at C4, there is the Gary Reed Creator of the Year Award, yep, yep. Independent Creator Year Award. Yep.
1: You were nominated. I was. I was two times.
0: How did two-time that Two time
1: nominee. I was very I was honored. I mean, I'm happy to... I mean, you know, they keep giving it to these Mickey Mouse artists. But <laughs> no, I, no,
0: I'm, kid, I'm kidding. Well, Seth, uh, Seth won the inaugural one last year. Yep. And then Dan Doherty... Dan
1: won, won yesterday. Uh, well deserved. I mean, I'm just happy to be included, honestly. Um, you know, I like to feel that I carry on Gary's legacy uh, in being a grouchy curmudgeon at Oh, yeah, you
0: definitely do that.
1: Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to do my part. Um, but the reality is, is that you look at these, like you look at these guys. So you've got Victor Dandridge, who does thirty shows a year. He's everywhere. He always has a helping hand for people. He's been up and down the industry on every side. And right now, he's running Wizard World Artist Alley. So just like a few candid words about Wizard World, they're pretty much like they were fucking hated in, inside the industry for, for a lot of people. And Instead of being, like, maybe how I would do it, it would just be like, well, I'm not going to work with them. You know, Vic was like, well, they're giving me an opportunity. I can be that change, you know, and that's what he's doing. And so, you know, SourcePoint has signed a sponsorship deal with Wizard. We do every show that they're doing this year, and we're not the only ones. And the vitriol has started to cut back on that. And so now you're getting one of the major convention companies, whether they live or die, which I don't know, right? It depends on who you talk to. Yeah. Whether they live or die, he's making a massive effort to try to fix one of the things that's broken about what they were doing, right? And so some of the changes they've made is they're like, okay, we want to look at secondary markets. That's great, you know? Because you know where it's hard for me to get stores to buy our stuff? Is in places like Des Moines, Illinois, you know? Or um, not Illinois. Uh, Des Moines is in Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because we don't do a show there, you know? So we're not actually talking to people who are buying comics and being like, look order this from Diamond from your store because we don't ever see them you know but now like so Wizard goes in there now we have a spot that we can go into and actually talk to people so like focusing on those secondary market cities I think is key and that think there's a part of that you know uh, th- I mean these are massively huge changes in how a giant corporation in the industry behaves right that are being brought by an independent creator who owns his own little you know vantage in house productions you know yeah. that's pretty amazing um you know dirk no i mean <laughs> dirk, honestly like dirk is uh one of the before i knew i've never met Dirk, i knew him from the newsarama have a seat um i knew him from uh, the newsarama column that he wrote um it's been that's, this is years ago and uh, this is shortly after I uh, signed a book by Oni with Gary at Caliber Comics. I started putting out some stuff for other other things and I, you know I got a couple of letters back emails back from publishers interested and then they sent me contracts and you know maybe I have a big advantage because I actually do technical writing for a living and I can read complicated but these were like really bad really predatory contracts. And I, I sent Dirk an unsolicited email at one point. And this is funny, we talked about this in Motor City, and I asked him, like, do you even remember this? <laughs> and, and he did. I had sent him an unsolicited, an unsolicited email being like, hey, I'd really like to see an article about how some of these publishers are, it's not, they're not real. They're not even like a real company. They're just like slapping a logo on something and putting yep. it up digitally, and then setting up a print-on-demand and telling you like, yeah, I get half of whatever you do. You know, like anyone could do that on their own, they just have to like watch a couple of YouTube videos about how to use Illustrator and Photoshop, and away you go. Um, and that whole thing ended up being, you know, that experience and, of course, Gary's constant encouragement became part of the impetus of like forming SourcePoint and deciding what our business practices were going to be. You know, so I mean, Dirk's been doing that for ten years, fifteen years maybe, um, and you know. Give the devil his due. he is he is one of the prime voices in um, in like true indie comics you know in true like you want to break in then break in then make a thing and like you just come in and do it and if you know be decent to people it's a very welcoming community good luck to you get your shit sold get your shit sold you know Dirk is he's a prime example of that and he pushes that all the time and he always has an open hand with anybody who, who wants to talk to him or, or pick his plane. And he doesn't hold anything back. Yep. Um, you know, sometimes he maybe should, but he doesn't. <laughs> you know. He's sort of my arch nemesis at this point. Is,
0: is I can problem. see that, yeah. Well, you were both going for the same awards, so yeah.
1: Yeah, two, two years in a row. He's the other two times. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I leaned over to him, and I'm like, you know what? As long as you don't win. <laughs> Uh, and, and Dan, honestly, is the same way. Dan teaches people uh, who want to, he specifically teaches comics as an art form. I mean, he's, he's one of the few guys who was successfully able to, like, so Beardo, right, like his strip, you know, because he came at this totally different way than everybody else. Like, he, he was a syndicated guy, you know, he was doing strips, but he put his family and his real life in that strip. And that's how he built that fan base. Is that people are into that? Well, it, it's more real. It's ex- can yeah, to. extremely real. It's extremely relatable. And he built a career on doing that. And then he, you know, and then he turned around and was like, "Well, believe it or not, I can actually draw." You know, and so I'm going to do *Touching Evil*, which you know he did on his own for six issues, and that's really hard. You know, and then he did it again for six more issues. You know, and he's got these hardcover collections, all while being a father and a teacher of somebody who's. Pushing the next generation of creators. For. So I mean, it's just it's it's an honor to even be in the conversation. Um, would I have liked to win? Yeah, I would like to win. But I personally I just, wanted you to win. thanks, thanks yeah. to me. But I'm happy as shit that Dan won. I think it's great. As long as Dirk can win, we're cool.
0: <laughs> 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 I think that's the general consensus with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All love to Dirk. Well, but... No,
1: he's he's a heel. He plays yeah, a heel yeah. well,
0: he, And he plays it well He yeah. knows what he's doing and Yeah,
1: he's a heel If he ever wins the belt You have to boo him That's just the way it is Yeah
0: So it's almost like we, Yeah, we would have to boo him To win the award And we don't want to do that That's Right That's kind of disrespectful <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> I would love that That'd be so funny
0: I, It would be funny though If he if he does ever win Someone just comes with a chair From behind yeah, Just blast <laughs> <does> him do, <laughs> DDP or something Yeah, I could do that Give him a diamond cutter Yeah Alright That'd be awesome now, what is, uh, what is new from SourcePoint Press recently or that you can discuss that will be coming
1: out? Um, so new stuff, uh, well, right now in previews is uh, Staff Pick, Morte, which is a one-shot comic about uh, compassion in the face of the end of the world. Um, and also Saint, uh, Sioux Falls, which is uh, a book, it's like a cyberpunk retelling of the uh, 1862 Sioux Uprising, which led to the largest execution in U.S. history. Um, and it's written by, the, uh, by uh, the great, 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 I think three greats' grandson of one of the men executed Oh wow. Um, for the uprising. Uh, it's really, it's, you know, it's a Native American story, but told in a cyberpunk twist, maybe a little bit of East of West, if you remember that book. Yep. Um, beautiful art. Amelia Wu, multiple times, the New York times bestseller did the art. Absolutely gorgeous book. And it's like sort of a double size. It'll be three bigger issues will be, be what Sioux Falls is. And then also Rot number no. 3 is in previews right now, um, which is a mini-series we did that's been really, really, really popular and doing very well for us. Uh, we recently got enough uh, reorders of number 1 that we had to go back to print. So pretty excited about that. Um, Other new things that are coming out over the next couple of months, Uh, there's a ton, dude. There is a ton. Um, Keep an eye out on a big trade by uh, Christina Blanche uh, called The Damnation of Charlie Wormwood. It is an absolutely gorgeous book. Um, uh, That'll be coming out by the end of the year. What else is going to be new, new? Um, it's tough too because new to you is not necessarily new to everything oh yeah because some of the stuff you, you're you like yeah hey, yeah I know that yeah. I, I've rot number three that. didn't that come out last year well <laughs> technically yeah. shut up Tony <laughs> <clears throat> um, so yeah do you know Christina Blanche I uh, think I've met one time she's um, she's extremely cool she owns All Yeah Comics okay you know, you yep the, yep you know. yeah she's awesome so she's got this book that she sent us that's just like I mean it's crazy it's about this this guy teaches at a prison and you know like one thing leads to another it's almost like a breaking bad type type of thing it's an intense book so we're going to release the whole thing as a trade it's going to it's going to be great um what else do we have i've got a couple of amazingly cool things in in production um the evil dead 2 cross stitch book just came out it's been doing extremely well um, I know that you're really into cross-stitch and crafts yes I, I am so good
0: with it yeah. that book has helped me out immensely
1: <laughs> <laughs> see
0: the doilies I have now yeah, I
1: guess bad-ass doilies. <laughs> uh, but you know it's a constant it's a constant stream man it is a constant stream of stuff
0: well I guess the, the, the big question that everyone wants answered up the river
1: oh you're such a piece of shit <laughs> issue two is almost done what? It is almost done. I've got. I have most of the pic colors. Pages are colored.
0: Five years in the making. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then Actually, when, the crazy how, thing how is, how I it, give, is, I have really to give. I have to give it. Years? Not quite. Maybe that. Okay. Maybe that. Yeah. You know, when we started doing that book, a lot has changed for that entire.
0: To be honest, I can't even fucking remember. I just know it's something that I ask you every time I see you.
1: <laughs> a lot has changed for that that entire group. Like you know, Steve has Marvel gigs now, and Sean is used all over the place and I'm busy um, so yeah I mean it's cool that you know we've sold through a couple of print runs of number one and people are constantly bugging me about it but it's just it's just gonna be one of those books it's gonna be like my Faust you know <laughs> it's it's gonna take me 25 years to release 20 issues and then that'll be that uh, I just hope people enjoy it you know we're gonna try to give away uh, free copies to all the people that have been hanging. not you but you know Everyone else yeah everyone else everyone else yours will have to cost a lot more to make up for it actually but
0: an extra dollar for every time I've asked you yeah that's right so I can retire. <laughs> yeah. um and I guess the last thing to wrap up when are we seeing source point press sponsoring sex lump
1: oh uh, doesn't that already happening
0: <laughs> I mean kind of without you wanting to but
1: yeah didn't that didn't that didn't that happen without my authorization? I mean, you're you're technically the manager of them, I guess. Yeah, I am the manager. I uh, have a white suit. (laughs) I'm like like boss hog. (laughs) What's that? No, no. (laughs) don't. Oh, wow.
0: Oh, my God. You need to have jump in when they do the stupid interviews as like a character. Just like if if you heard Ben like do when he was uh, Jay was interviewing the other week at Motor Motor City. Oh, my God. It was we couldn't help from like just cracking up when he's just doing his like he's like the the, just the calm and just touching and and wanting to be and just listening to all of them I mean Devin's trying to play a straight man but also just saying stupid stuff like the whole group is great and yeah they're
1: a bunch of morons that's what they are It's (laughs) it's the dumbest thing that's ever occurred uh, yeah, it just you know a thing really. T- t- there's fucking t-shirts, man. There's like they, they have t-shirts no. Yeah, they started making. I just t-shirts. heard about that.
0: They actually put a website up with some songs. And there's
1: songs. <laughs> this started off as a joke. Like there's a picture taken. The whole thing was a picture. And well, so first of all, I've been calling Devin Sex Lump for like two years. And the whole joke was that at conventions, I just make him sit out front, and I would charge, and people could just come up and, and fuck on him. You know, just like just squish it in wherever you wanted just fuck on him and he'd be like roll uh, you know and it was like it'd be like for a nickel you get to pump on my sex lump and then somehow it's you know how these ideas they morph and they change and suddenly and somehow he turned into a bass player in a band called sex lump in which he was also the sex lump and I don't know there was a picture, a picture was taken and someone was like, oh, it looks like a slump band photo. And now there's like a million of them and yeah. there's a logo and there's recorded songs. It's it's, it's ridiculous. And these <laughs> assholes, none of them play <laughs> instruments. None of them play instruments and there have been a couple people who were like, is, it, is, this, is this a real band? And I'm just like, <sighs> watch this blow up bigger than Source Boy Press. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this stupid ass sex thing, it is extremely funny. And some of the song titles are just, so stupid. They're so dumb. <laughs> like that whole thing, and it all is—it's all in jokes. It's all like because you know you're when you do run doing this conventions traveling, hotel rooms you end up with all these dumb in jokes. And like we have this in joke with Devin, like of how we want him to be—we want him to do a moon salt, right? We're always trying to like anytime there's an opportunity we want to try to get him to do a moon salt just because he's like 400 pounds of shit you know and I just figured it'd be like he'd like go and then not even turn just blast on his back and so like it was this whole thing of like if he ever did a moonsault it would break the space time continuum so one of the songs is moonsaulting through the space time continuum I mean it's just it's just like a bunch of dumb or like this one thing that we did it was we had 45 minutes of meat which was this whole thing of like we went to a fogo de chão you know which is a Brazilian steakhouse where they're just like we keep bringing you meat and so we were measuring the amount of meat we were eating based on time not like an (laughs) ounce right it was like how long can you just continuously eat meat wow so that's how you got like 45 minutes of meat (laughs) you know so it's like they're just god they're dumb they're just so dumb well, Travis, I need a better vetting process. For I'm glad minutes.
0: you are in charge of the dumb idiots.
1: Yeah, that is essentially that's that essentially is your job. Is. I'm in charge of the dumb idiots. Does that make you the top idiot? Yes, that makes me the dumbest <laughs> idiot of them
0: all. Well, Travis, thanks so much for chatting yeah. with me. Thank you, man. Pleasure is always. always fun. I just want to say thanks again to Travis for uh, sitting down with me. Usually, we always get one. Maybe two big interviews a year, just catching up with everything that him and the crew at Source Point is doing. As you can tell, the way we joke with each other, we definitely are like a family. And it's something that I'm truly proud of, having done this uh, show, meeting these uh, good group of people. And their comics are phenomenal. So definitely check out Source Point Press. Uh, order some books. Ask your local comic book shop to get them in. Let's make them the indie publisher that people are talking about at conventions.